Revelation 21. This wonderful chapter looks ahead to the uh, New Jerusalem, New Heaven, New Earth blessings uh, that go along with that. Uh, I'm going to open us in prayer and we'll jump into Revelation 21. Father, thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for your faithfulness to send the Lord Jesus Christ just exactly uh, as the prophets said, Lord, according to your words, uh, your faithful God. Lord, we thank you so much this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for your willingness, your faithfulness uh, to come according to the scriptures. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness to the plan of the Father, uh, the cross. Lord, we understand uh, this morning that there's no other way. This is your way to provide for our salvation, our redemption. We thank you so much. Father, as we uh, look back uh, to the manger this morning, uh, we also look ahead now in this hour uh, to future blessings uh, of well, the tribulation, not the tribulation, but things beyond the tribulation period, uh, the millennium, uh, things beyond the millennium. Uh, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Lord, we thank you this morning for the privilege to see a description of the new Jerusalem, to see the worship of the new Jerusalem. Uh, Lord, the place of our uh, eternal dwelling beyond the millennium. I pray that you um, encourage us in these things this morning. Lord, I pray that no one would leave discouraged, but that we would be encouraged as we see uh, these blessings uh, here in this chapter. Father, help me. I need that. I trust you for it, and I thank you for it. I pray all of this now uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just take a half step back real fast. Think about uh, the, the timeline uh, as we understand it. Of course, this is the church age that we're in. As we understand it, the next uh, event on God's timeline would be the rapture, the catching away of believers. Uh, followed by the seven-year tribulation period, which, of course, we've seen much of in Revelation. Uh, Brother Ray followed by, uh, well, Armageddon at the end, that uh, great battle of Armageddon. I think I've been calling it the final battle, but there's a battle at the end of the millennium as well. So you forgive me for that. There's a final revolt uh, at the end of the millennium. Of course, the millennium, thousand-year reign of Christ here on a, a perfected earth um, is uh, the wonderful hope of believers following the tribulation period, uh, following the return of Christ at the end of the tribulation with us, Christ ushering in his uh, millennial reign. Uh, at the end of that, yes, a final revolt, which we've seen allusions to. Uh, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, our final resting place, the place of our eternity. And so this is our uh, ultimate uh, ultimate hope. And so let's see this here, Revelation 21, beginning in verse 1. John writing under inspiration uh, of the Holy Spirit says, And I saw, read the next phrase aloud with me, please, a new heaven and a new earth. Praise God. Uh, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. That's interesting. Uh, today, the majority of the earth is covered with seas, oceans. Uh, verse 2, and, and I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, uh, coming down from God, 
uh, out of heaven. This is very interesting, of course. The new Jerusalem comes down. Uh, before we're done here with this chapter, and I don't know if we'll get through the chapter this morning. We're not going to rush it. Uh, but some suggestion that the New Jerusalem may actually hover uh, above the ground. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to exact demand that that's necessarily the case, but I think there's some suggestion that that could be the case. In any event, it comes down uh, out of heaven, so uh, it would come fr evidently from the third heaven through the second heaven uh, into the first heaven, a uh, place where the birds fly. Uh, John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God. Uh, it is the blessing of God. It is from him, uh, out of heaven, uh, the place of the uh, throne room of God, uh, prepared as a bride adorned uh, for her husband. So it's prepared as a bride adorned for uh, her husband. And so uh, there's a sense, of course, in which, Brother Ray, this is for the Lord Jesus. We understand it's for us also, uh, but uh, it's, it's prepared uh, as a bride adorned for her husband. Uh, very interesting. And so uh, this is the place where we will spend eternity. It is not the third heaven. I think there's confusion. Uh, a lot of times people uh, tend, if they're, if they're not uh, trained in the word of God, to think, well, when I die, I go to heaven. I stay there forever, no matter what, if I'm a believer. Uh, if I repent of sin, accepted Christ, heaven is my final resting place. Well, uh, it would, Zach, if, we, if one of us were to die today... Wouldn't the worst thing, right? <laughs> We're not anticipating that, but uh, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, we'd, we'd go to the third heaven today. Uh, we would be there with the Lord until his second coming at the end of the tribulation, right? Uh, then we would be here on the earth during the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Uh, and at the end of that time, the new Jerusalem comes and, and becomes our final resting place. Uh, it comes from heaven, and so it's not heaven. Uh, it's distinctly different from heaven. So do well to keep these things in mind. We want to understand this and be able to describe it as precisely uh, as, as we can. Uh, here's blessings of the new Jerusalem, uh, verse 3. Uh, blessings. Uh, John writes, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God uh, is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, uh, and God himself shall be with them uh, and be their God. Well, praise God. That, that's a good verse. Amen. Uh, tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people, uh, and God himself shall be with them and, and be their God. Zach, what do you know about the word God uh, in the New Testament? What do you know about that word? Who is that? <laughs> yeah, it tends to be uh, pretty plainly in the New Testament. It tends to be associated specifically. So I want to be precise uh, with, with God the Father. Uh, the, God the Son, is Jesus is not the Father. Uh, he's not the Holy Spirit. We are a, uh, Brother Ray, we, we believe in a trinity, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three co-equal persons of the Godhead. Somehow they're one God. That's the mystery of the Godhead. We can't understand it, but we can describe it biblically. 
and so we know that um, the Lord, uh, and evidently the Father, uh, will be present with us. The Bible says that God himself shall be with them, this is believers, uh, and be their God. It's interesting, uh, and be their God is admitted from the, most of the modern Bible translations, but it's in our King James Bible, uh, because in the underlying text that we believe God's people have always had, and so uh, we praise God for an accurate translation that includes all of God's words. Um, we could say more here, um, the presence of God, um, his tabernacle, the tabernacle of God being with men uh, could be viewed as the final fulfillment of prophetic promises made all the way back uh, in Leviticus. You want to make a note, Leviticus 26, verse 11, I will set my tabernacle among you. That could have been fulfilled, Zach. We, we probably would do well to look at that and say, well, the, the initial fulfillment of that would be the tabernacle in the wilderness, followed by the temple, uh, the temples uh, that will have existed by this point. Um, but the ultimate fulfillment of, of that promise would be in the new, uh, the new Jerusalem. Uh, of course, in Ezekiel 37, the Lord promises, I will make a covenant of peace. It shall be an everlasting covenant. Uh, I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. And so the, uh, the presence of God as it is in heaven, the third heaven now, uh, appears to be present in the New Jerusalem uh, in, in this future place, our final place. Um, so that's a blessing, uh, the presence of God, uh, the, the literal presence of God, the special presence of God is, is a blessing uh, that we will know. By the way, um, and we'll get to this, but uh, I feel led to, to insert this here. Um, in the millennium, so here's a question, in the millennium, uh, will there be people who sin? There will be, if we understand correctly, Right, the children of those people who walk from the tribulation straight into the millennium, they don't die first, go to heaven. Uh, evidently, uh, they, they will be, need to be saved um, and, and some uh, obviously will sin. Uh, so that is true in the millennium. There will be some people who sin. Of course, they, the ultimate sin, brother, would be that final revolt at the end of the millennium, but uh, here in the New Jerusalem, there's, there's no sinners. Uh, the sinners will have been dealt with uh, once and for all. Uh, and so, you know, we look ahead to the millennium and the, uh, the, the, hope, uh, the, the hope of less sin in the world. That certainly be true. That's one step toward the New Jerusalem uh, where there'll be no sin, there'll, there'll be no sinners. And so, uh, again, want to be precise about that as well. We have a certain hope of an eternal resting place where there will be uh, no sin, but it'll be a, a, a couple of steps to get there uh, from now. Uh, so let's return, so that'd be a blessing, uh, the sinlessness of the New Jerusalem. Uh, but before we see that, let's see this. Uh, the New Jerusalem, uh, the blessings, there we go, of the New Jerusalem uh, include the Lord's, uh, let's say it this way, perpetual consolation. 
Uh, there'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. Uh, the Lord will per perpetually console. Uh, he will be in the business of uh, forever consoling uh, his people. Uh, look at verse 4. The Bible says here, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Praise God. Uh, we, Brother Rich, we get sad. We, we cry today. We understand that. Uh, from their eyes. Uh, and there shall be no more death. Praise God. Uh, there will be death during the millennium. Those uh, children of the tribulation saints who do not get saved within that hundred years, the Lord allots for them. Not a thousand years, but they individually have a hundred years, it would seem. Uh, they'll die, and so there will be death during the millennium, it seems, if we understand correctly. But, but in the uh, New Jerusalem, there's no more death. There will be none, neither sorrow, no sorrow. Think about that, nor crying, nothing to cry about. Uh, maybe tears of joy, but doesn't say that either. Uh, neither shall there be any more pain. And that, that could refer, refer to, in context to emotional pain, but probably physical pain also. Uh, there's, there's no pain of any kind, uh, it would seem. Some would say praise God. Raphael, I mean, that's something to look forward to, amen? That, that's our certain hope, no more pain. Uh, praise God, praise God. Neither shall be there uh, no more pain, for the former things are passed away. Those things will be gone uh, at this point. And so this is a wonderful hope. Uh, it is the ultimate fulfillment of verses like Isaiah 52, uh, verse 8, he will swallow up death in victory. The Lord God will wipe away tears uh, from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, uh, for the Lord has spoken it. Rich, that's uh, the, the seal of certainty, right? The Lord has spoken it. Uh, you can count on it. I'm going to uh, revisit that idea in 11 o'clock hours. We'll look at the announcement to Joseph uh, what God has said, uh, Brother Ray, he is faithful to deliver on. Uh, we know that uh, at different points we let each other down. We say one thing, we do another thing. We make a promise, we break a promise. God doesn't do that. Uh, he says something, he, he does that something. He makes a promise, uh, he gives a prophecy, he fulfills that. Uh, he is faithful. Uh, we can see the Lord's faithfulness all throughout Bible history. We'll, uh, I'll give you a quick list of some of those things uh, this morning. I'll give you another Old Testament reference to these things that we're seeing fulfilled here in this chapter. Uh, make a note of Isaiah 65 and verse 16. Verse 16 and 17. Uh, why don't you turn there, actually? Uh, Isaiah 65, uh, verses 16 and 17. Of course, we studied through Isaiah in recent memory. Uh, Brother Ray, that was the first time I taught all the way through I Isaiah. I had a little bit of fear about that, but Lord got us through it, didn't, didn't he? Uh, we have the Spirit of God who gave those words to help us comprehend those words, and he does. One of his ministries to us is to illuminate uh, the same words that he gave through um, his prophets. Uh, Isaiah 65 and verse 16 uh, says this, uh, that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself 
uh, in the God of truth, and he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. He's the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten, uh, and because they are hid from mine eyes. Uh, verse 17, for behold, this would uh, pretty clearly be the Lord speaking here. Uh, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, uh, and the former shall not be remembered, uh, neither come into mind. Uh, neither come into mind. Uh, and so, praise God, these, it's, it's the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Uh, the Lord will wipe away tears. He will console. Uh, and it seemed to be the case that these former uh, difficulties will not even be remembered. And so we, we praise God for that. Uh, Brother A will, will not be haunted by our failures, uh, will not be haunted by past sorrows. Lord will console us, and, and those things will not come into uh, mind. Let's continue on here in verses 5 uh, through 8. Uh, Christ appears to be addressing John uh, here personally, and Rich, that's a tremendous privilege, of course, uh, for the majority of, of the book. Uh, John is having visions, right? Uh, he's, he's granted the privilege of these prophetic visions, uh, visions of the throne room and, and, and different things. Uh, here's a little bit different. Uh, Christ appears to be speaking to him uh, rather directly, uh, making some promises and stating some truths regarding himself. Uh, see, firstly, in verse 5, uh, Jesus says he'll make all things new. So some promises, some additional blessings here. Uh, Christ will make all things new. That's a blessing. <clears throat> the Bible says here, he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Uh, that, that's a, a promise of Christ uh, regarding uh, the new Jerusalem. Uh, he makes all things new. Of course, uh, Brother Mo, he's made us new creatures in Christ when we, when we repented of sin and, and placed our faith in him. In that moment, uh, we were made new creatures in Christ, a, a new nature, uh, a new hope, a new eternal destination. Uh, in the end, the Lord makes all things new. Uh, including the heavens and the earth, and that, that's extraordinary. Uh, by the way, you, if you believe that the Lord um, spoke creation into in existence initially, do you believe that? He spoke creation into existence uh, from nothing, uh, bara in the Hebrew. Uh, he created, uh, he didn't assemble pre-existing uh, Adams, he spoke everything into existence from no thing, from nothing. Uh, we can believe that, and of course the Holy Spirit has helped us to believe that. That's settled in, in our hearts this morning. Uh, we can believe that the Lord can make all things new. He's made us new when we were saved. Uh, he'll make a new heaven and a new earth, uh, and all things will be new. Stop to think about that. Uh, we like new stuff, don't we? <laughs> we just like that. We like it when things are new. Uh, all things will be new. That will be a wonderful blessing from the Lord. Uh, Jesus goes on here in, in verse 5, and uh, he says, well, John says, He said unto me, so here's a command from Christ to John, Write, 
So get these things down uh, for these words are, read with me please, true and faithful. Praise God. Uh, these words are true and faithful. Uh, and so the Lord uh, addresses, uh, he, he characterizes his words here. Uh, they're true and faithful. Uh, I wonder, think for a moment, uh, what might be the difference between true and faithful here. The Lord could have used one word or the other, but he doesn't. He uses two different words here. Uh, I think they have a, they're, they're related, I, I think, in terms of their meaning and application in this context, but stop to think about how, how might they be different here? Are, are the words of God true? You, we know they're true, right? The Lord, Lord just gives us confidence that, that they are true. Uh, again, the Holy Spirit ministers that confidence to us as he ministers, as he illuminates the word of God and ministers understanding. Uh, he witnesses to us that, yeah, the, these words are true. Uh, and, I, and I'm forever encouraging people if they're not sure about that. Mo, I just, I just encourage folks, hey, if you're not sure that the word of God is true, just, just ask God to show you uh, and then get into it and start reading. You know, get into the Gospel of John and, and just start reading, asking God to show you in your own heart, in your own mind, hey, is this, is this the truth or not? And uh, I really believe that anyone that comes to the word of God with a genuine desire to know if this is truth or not, the Lord will impress upon them, sure enough, this is, this is true. Uh, this, this is true. And so they can go from uh, a confidence that the words of God are true uh, to seeing how to be saved. And, and Brother Ray, if, if you believe the word of God is true, uh, you can believe the gospel. You can understand the gospel and believe it and, and be truly saved. Um, and, and, and so that would be the, the idea of faithfulness. Uh, you, you know it's true, um, and you, you can then see that God's promises are, in fact, uh, they're, they're true, but the Lord is, is faithful to his word. Uh, again, we said this already this morning, where he says something will happen, it, it happens. Where he says that he'll make you a new creature in Christ if, if you'll come to Christ, uh, he's faithful to accomplish that. Uh, where he, he promises uh, his presence uh, and his peace to those that uh, cast their, their cares upon him. And, um, and, and with gratitude, uh, he, he's faithful to deliver. So his words are true, and he is faithful. Uh, he is faithful to keep his word, to uh, deliver on the promises of his word. So uh, Christ says, hey, my words are true, uh, and faithful. It continues uh, in, in verse 6. It says this, and so John records, he said unto me, uh, it is done. Uh, I am Alpha and Omega, uh, the beginning and the end. And so uh, there's a statement, well, it's all true, uh, two, two different statements here. Uh, Zach, at what point is Christ saying it is done? Uh, we, we, of course, think about back to the cross. He said, it is finished, it, it is done. Uh, the, the final sacrifice required for our, well, the one, the one sacrifice required for our salvation was accomplished. 
uh, there at the cross. Now, but now Jesus said something similar. He says, it is done. Uh, it is done. Um, why say that here? What's done? Um, well, uh, I think he's saying that um, at this point on his timeline, everything that uh, John has envisioned, uh, every, everything the Lord has revealed to John through these visions, that would be a better, much better way to say that, uh, will have been accomplished. And so uh, Jesus uh, says to John, everything that you have seen up to this point, uh, it is done. So this is, this is prophecy. Um, uh, John is still seeing future things here, and Christ is saying it is done. Um, he's saying everything that, that was prophesied at this point will have been accomplished. And so, Zach, I think you, we understand that it, it's prophecy and something that Christ will say at that point. But we might also view this as one of those um, prophetic passives, if that makes sense. Um, um, so we could look at it today and say, well, it's so certain to happen that it's as if it's already happened, right? And we see that uh, in the Old Testament sometimes. So the uh, Old Testament prophet will say something as if it's already happened when we know it hasn't literally already happened. It's a, uh, it's a literary device that the uh, Lord will have them to use to convey, Brother Ray, the certainty that what the Lord has said through the prophet will actually uh, be accomplished. And so something like that maybe here. Uh, it is done. Everything on the Lord's timeline from the creation uh, all the way up through the delivery, if you will, of the, of the New Jerusalem, uh, it, it, there's, there's a point coming where, where Christ will be able to say and, and will be able to say with him, sure enough, Lord, it is done. Uh, everything on your timeline from beginning to end uh, is accomplished. It's in that context, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, uh, the first Greek letter, uh, first Greek vowel, if we won't, since precision is our theme this morning, first Greek vowel, the last Greek vowel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning uh, and the end. So we look forward to a day when we can say with Christ, sure enough, everything that you promised has been delivered, it is uh, done. Uh, is there anything on God's timeline beyond the New Jerusalem? Um, is, is there anything, um, anything that we see beyond the New Jerusalem? Well, uh, I, I, I didn't get that. Yeah, um, that's, um, I, I think that happens just before this. Um, so I think it, that, that kind of happens between uh, the end of the um, millennium and the, the delivery, if you will, of, of the New Jerusalem, if we understand that correctly. Um, if we understand that correctly. I don't see the Lord giving us other major sort of milestones on his timeline uh, beyond this, and so Christ says, it, it is done, I'm the beginning and the end. This, is, this would appear to be the final thing on his timeline, uh, if you will. And it's, it's our final resting place where we enjoy all the blessings that are in view in this chapter, 
uh, forever, throughout eternity. Uh, is there a possibility, Zach, you think that there might be something else that the Lord just doesn't reveal? Well, I suppose that's possible, uh, but he's not revealed anything else. This is, uh, this is our wonderful hope. Uh, second part of verse 6, he says, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain uh, of the water of life uh, freely. So that's a, that's a metaphor that we see throughout Scripture. Uh, the water of life uh, refer, typically refers to salvation uh, specifically, but more broadly, maybe God's total provision uh, for, for his people uh, water of life certainly would be salvation, but the totality of what we need in eternity, the Lord will provide. Uh, I will give of him that is a thirst of the fountain of life, uh, the water of life, forgive me, uh, freely. So, yeah, it's a, it's a picture of, of the Lord's perfect provision in eternity. Uh, this language, uh, as, as you know, shows up a lot in Scripture, all the way back to Isaiah 55, 1. Uh, Isaiah wrote, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, thirsteth there we go, come ye uh, to the waters, uh, come to the Messiah for uh, salvation. Uh, in John 7, in verse 37, the uh, Bible says, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Uh, and drink. And so uh, this would be an allusion, of course, to the provision of salvation. Uh, and then in the context of our chapter this morning, probably all of the Lord's provision uh, that comes along with that. John 4, 14, Jesus said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Uh, his spiritual need will have been met completely but the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into uh, everlasting life. And of course, that is the, uh, uh, the way that this metaphor is, is, is typically used. It, it's an allusion to uh, salvation. Let's go just a little bit further here. Uh, so another blessing. Um, Lord says to John here in verse 7, uh, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, uh, and I will be his God, uh, and he shall be my son. Uh, and so that's a wonderful uh, verse, certainly. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Uh, Rich, I understand that the uh, Bible teaches that we are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, he's the ultimate heir of all things, but having been grafted into the family or placed into uh, the family of God, we become joint heirs uh, with Christ. Zach, we don't become gods, right? Um, uh, th that would be a lie of Satan all the way back in the garden, right? Adam and Eve become as gods. That's not the case, but we, we do become co or joint heirs of all of these wonderful uh, millennial blessings and New Jerusalem blessings beyond that uh, with Christ. Uh, Titus 3.7 said, being just says, being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs uh, according to the hope of eternal life. Uh, Romans 8.16, Romans 8.16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, amen. And then verse 17 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, 
uh, and joint heirs with Christ. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a wonderful truth. Uh, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, uh, and I will be his God, and he shall be uh, my son. Uh, and then in verse 8, uh, here's uh, the verse that I, I kind of skipped ahead to earlier, uh, where the Lord teaches that New Jerusalem is uh, finally uh, the place where uh, there will be no sin uh, or sinners. Um, Zach, let me, let me make a correction. If you went to heaven today, there'd be no sin or sinners there, right? So I think I, I left that out earlier, right? If we went to heaven today, there'd be no sin or sinners. After the, we return with Christ at his second coming, we'll deal with some sinners in the millennium, uh, but then again, the new Jerusalem uh, is a place without sin or sinners. Uh, so verse eight, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable uh, and murderers and whoremongers uh, and sorcerers and adulterers, so all, all who have refused to repent of these sins and come to Christ uh, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And we saw allusions to that, of course, in the, in the last chapter. Uh, so at the end of the millennium, there's the resurrection of the lost uh, at the great white throne judgment. Uh, they are uh, resurrected from hell uh, proper uh, and then cast in the lake of fire to be precise. Seems to be, uh, they seem to be technically different places, but, but similar. Uh, certainly, and so again, the the the, um, the wonderful truth of verse eight is that there will be no sin uh, or sinners uh, in the New Jerusalem, and that's that's the context of this passage. So uh, I think I think we have uh, that right. Um, look at the sins that the Lord um, mentions uh, in in verse eight: unbelieving, abominable, uh, murderers. Uh, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Is anyone struck by the fact that lying shows up on the, the list of these terrible, terrible sins? Uh, sorcery and idolatry and uh, murder and then, and then lying. Um, seems to me that the Lord views dishonesty as a very serious sin. Lord, help us to, uh, to be honest, to be truthful. And, and Zach, I think maybe that's the thing. Uh, the Lord is perfectly truthful. His words uh, are, are the truth, and he's faithful to his words. And so uh, any, any dishonesty or, or deceit or, or lie is, is just so contrary to the truth of his words that it's that offensive to him. It shows up on a list of sort of example sins uh, that will not be present in the New Jerusalem. Lord, help us to be. Lord, help us to be truthful. Help us to be people of Your true words and to be truthful people. Uh, we'll stop there for time's sake. Let's pray. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, this morning for all of the hope that believers have. Uh, we don't have to worry f uh, about spending a moment uh, in hell. Uh, we do not have to worry about the lake of fire. 
uh, Lord, we can have a wonderful peace and confidence uh, that uh, when we draw our final breath, uh, it, we'll be home with you. Uh, we have uh, the, the third heaven to look forward to. We have the millennium to look forward to. Uh, we have the new Jerusalem uh, to look forward to and all of the wonderful blessings of that place. Lord, your presence, what a wonderful uh, hope that we have. Uh, the, the, the certain hope that there will be no sin, uh, there no sinners uh, to deal with or uh, to offend. And, and certainly, Lord, we thank you for the hope that that is the case, uh, the certainty that that is the case. Uh, Lord, as we, uh, Lord willing, ne next week, uh, as you will, make our way into this chapter, we'll see uh, more of the physical description of the New Jerusalem and the wonderful beauty uh, of that place. And of course, that's one of the blessings, uh, the beauty of this final resting place. Lord, there's so many spiritual and, and material blessings also uh, that we have to look forward to um, in that place. Lord, thank you for revealing these things to us. Uh, they encourage us and give us a wonderful hope. Father, pray now for the next hour. I pray that as people are coming in uh, for the, the morning service, Lord, that um, just uh, work uh, today in each heart. Help, help each one to come in with hearts bowed before you. Lord, pray this morning that you help us to bow our hearts before you as we uh, anticipate the 11 o'clock hour. Lord, I pray this morning that you would continue to encourage us uh, in your words, uh, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, Lord, that you would accomplish that which you accomplished this morning. Father, if there's any who come this morning who do not yet know Christ, I pray, Lord, that uh, today be the day that they would hear the gospel, repent of sin, turning to Christ and place uh, a simple, humble faith in, in him. Uh, Lord, work here this morning, I pray. Uh, Father, we know some are traveling uh, for the holiday uh, today. Uh, have your hand upon uh, Valena and her family uh, as they are traveling and others who may be traveling today. Uh, Lord, have your hand upon those who, who cannot be here for uh, due to afflictions or other reasons. We think of Marilyn this morning. Uh, Lord, I thank you that she is home from Mayfair. Pray that you'll protect her and continue to strengthen her there. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for uh, having your hand upon her body. Pray that you comfort her and uh, protect her in every way now. Lord, we love you. We thank you. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name.